0: Ew. I hope the the egg will protect us from the dog. The mighty egg will protect us. It mostly did last time. I think in the part where we talked about it, you could hear it like a tiny bit, <laughs> but that dog was That's loud as so hell. Cute. It means that there's just like a tiny dog somewhere in the room. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, shut up, Grandma. We're busy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We gotta record the most important podcast you'll listen to about parachutes today. Wow, that is, that's a lot. This is Hysterical History. (laughs) With, I'm Haley. And I'm Alexis. This is your funny history news source. Funny (laughs) joke. Funny history. (laughs) Yep. Yep, Yoda Yep, yep, lets yep you yep, know yep, yep. that this history is important and funny. This history, funny it is. Do I gotta look up a thing. Okay. I mean, usually we do that like before. I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just I just didn't research for this. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta do my research real quick, S- sco- and then <laughs> it will be ready to S- sco- go. just gonna pull up a Wikipedia page here. <laughs> no, quick. I was pu- pulling up the Google Doc that has the list of um. Our topics that people sent to us. Yeah. because I'm doing one of them today. So I want to give the shout out and this to time, the we, right people. We have the name this night. Wow. So on top of it. We deeply apologized in the last episode. We don't know your name. <laughs> please I email us. I looked us. for it too while I was editing and I couldn't find it. So yeah, please email us and we will give you a shout out in a different yeah. episode because you, you're awesome we we love you deeply and we want to say thank you because it was great did we was that just one of those mass just illusions you know no like this timeline is not the timeline <laughs> where someone sent us that email it might have been that someone sent it to us like on a facebook message or something mm-hmm. it's possible could be but no it's not we're not in your alternate universe where things don't happen like what's his face Yep. Chester Alan Arthur. <laughs> Who's not real. He is real. He can't be. There's <laughs> can't be. There's no way. So today, our episode uh, was, the topic was introduced to us by Danny, who left us an, a review. Thank you, Danny. Also called Danner Banner. D-A-N-N-Y. He's a super awesome guy. D-A-N-N-I-E. I think oh, it's a Oh, I-E. <laughs> But you're great. Thank you for your review and for your suggestions. Uh, One of which was about um, Franz Reichelt. Schelt? Reichelt? (laughs) Don't know. Franz Reichelt. (laughs) Just, you need to be uh, just really confident. Hold on. I looked it up earlier how to pronounce it. Franz Spaghetti. Franny McFanny. Mm Mm-hmm. Which could be, like, vagina, depending on what country you're from. It's true. Anyway, I'm not going to look it up. (laughs) Franz Reichelt. Yep. And he was a dude. He was a dude. So I want to say thank you to Danny for the suggestion. Thanks. And also thank you to Atlas Obscura article that I read about him that I won't tell you the title of because spoilers. Um, Written (laughs) Uh by (laughs) Eric Grundhauser. Mm, the Grundle and I want to thank um, the Vintage dot com because I read an article by them that I also found helpful, uh, which was by Tiana Radeska. So thanks, peeps. Cool. Keep doing the history stuff. So he, uh, Franz, it was born in Austria, mm-hmm. and then when he turned nineteen, he was like, Austria's dumb. I'ma move to France. That's the age of flowering in Austria. <laughs> That's right. Where they all move away. Um, and he was born in like the mid 1800s ish. Mm. Okay, um, a good goodish time to be Austrian. Yeah, I good think ish, so. Goodish time. It's like Cap's. It's like late Habsburg time. Yeah. And um, so he moves to Paris and he opens a dress shop because mm-hmm. he's a tailor, uh, specifically to cater to. Austrians visiting Paris. That's so specific. It's a real niche market he's going do, for. Do they dress very differently? I doubt it. Like Austrian people go to Paris and they're like, I can't dress like these Parisians, which seems weird because isn't Paris the fashion capital of the <laughs> it's world? It's the capital like of like the always? whole world in always. Back then, truth. It's and, a, but especially fashion. Yeah. So. Always. I think maybe the idea was that they are interested in French fashion, and he has French fashions, but he speaks German. Oh, it's for, like, it's a language thing, not a fashion thing. I think it might be, yeah. Okay. And, like, a a culture thing. Gotcha. So I think that's the plan. (laughs) It's not, like, a lot of Austrian women are like, these French are so slutty. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) And, like, that he's going to be in there and not look down on them if they don't speak French, like, super well. Uh, and him to be like, hey, I have the inside scoop on like what's cool here in Paris right now. I got the scoop. I got it. He opens up his trench coat. I got the scoop. <laughs> no, he had it at shop. Okay. <laughs> he was a reputable dressmaking businessman. Okay. I believe him. Um, in the center of the city. Center. Which means it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's not his dream, Haley. He has a dream? He has one dream. Is it tiny porcelain unicorns? No. Is it to be a captain of a boat? It's not, unfortunately. Is it? <laughs> is it to be a submariner? No, they don't have those now, I assume. No, I don't think yet. I don't think they do. My one my my quote says he has one dream. Oh no! To create a working parachute suit. Ooh, he wants to be a fly boy. A parachute. A parachute. If you will. Which is he, possible, but... He doesn't uh, want to use it. Oh, it's no. It's not for him. it's No, why would it... No, I'm serious. Why would you, if you when you can put it on other people, make them test it? <laughs> no, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> it's not for him. Oh, sure. So, uh, in his free time, he starts working on a flying parachute suit designed for airplane pilots. So, it's more of like an emergency gliding mechanism, more than like a... A self-powered flying device? Yeah. The idea is that people are now flying. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is this is around, like, the um, early uh, 20th century. Like, 1903 is the first, like, Wright Brothers flight, mm-hmm. right? And so everybody's really excited about flight because someone did it, so yeah. it's possible. And, like, up until then, you know, for, like, half the decade, or not half the decade, half the century, they're like... Really intensely studying flight in general. Yes. R- they're really trying to get it. They're, they're really like, we close. can do it now. We can. And they're right. Yeah. See our episode on hot air balloons. Ex- well, yeah. We've, they've already done hot air balloons, but mm-hmm. they want planes. They want plane. They don't want to have to keep throwing cats out of the basket. <laughs> and refueling, I think, as much too. So yeah. Like, we got to get that aeroplane. Aeroplane. And so once the Wright brothers do it, everybody's like, cool. It is possible. And like, I think France probably, because of the Wright brothers, is even more. Were, like inspired to do this kind of thing mm-hmm. because the Wright brothers owned a bicycle shop yeah. and like that was the key to them figuring out how to do it was like yeah. figuring out how to do balancing issues because that's the problem that everyone else had mm-hmm. so they really thought of like their plane as like a bicycle and that's what helps them to succeed Yeah, I wrote a whole paper about this when I was in college. <laughs> it's great. It was a, I don't know if it was good. I mean I wrote it to like the, the last second I had a run. <laughs> the, the, the situation was great. Yeah. Um, it was was that in Ohio? The Wright Brothers? Yeah. No. Where was it? Indiana? Um, I want to say South Carolina. It's oh, one fair. of the Carolinas. It might yeah. be North Carolina. Well, I'm way off then. <laughs> Never mind. But it's definitely one of the Carolinas. <laughs> I think Ohio is just where I a think lot it's of North Carolina. astronauts I think that. are from. Probably. Because no one wants to live there. <laughs> take me to space. <laughs> get take me, me out of here. Take me to space. <laughs> as far away as I can get. We love you, Ohio. (laughs) Anyway, and so, um, but because of that, I think he was like, I have a specialty in, like, cloth making, Mm -hmm. you know? And I understand how, like, fabrics work and how to do that. And so he thinks he has the secret knowledge to figure out how to do this suit. Because they do, at this time, have parachutes, Mm -hmm. but they're not really for airplanes, Because airplanes are going up a lot higher than the planned parachute is for. And so they're trying to figure out how to get a parachute that will, like, help you gradually descend from, like, very high up. What do their parachutes do at the moment? Mm -hmm. They help you descend, but, like, I don't think they're built for it to be, like, from 500 feet, you know? It's like, well, they're not flying up that high with anything else like the highest they're getting up is with um you know hot air balloons and stuff yeah. and i just don't think they're going up high enough that they need parachutes to go that far it's so interesting cuz like at the moment i think like the danger is if you're not high up enough then it won't like the parachute won't open mm. and then it won't work right uh so it's like no we we if we go too far up then it just you'll die i think yeah i think um making sure, like, the material is strong enough and that it opens correctly mm-hmm. and that it's... it's. Uh, I think the other thing is uh, surface area. Yeah. That it's big enough that if you're up really high, it will very slowly yes. descend for you instead of... Because I think their parachutes at the time are pretty small mm-hmm. and they're, like, the round ones yeah. that you see in, like, things, you know, like World War One situational yeah. Like, yeah. games and things. Um, so they're looking for, like bigger ones those bigger slow bigger. It down properly faster stronger and specifically franz is interested in a suit that you wear mm-hmm. um because he thinks that like a lot of the parachutes they have are really cumbersome and that if you could build it into the suit so that like uh you you're wearing it comfortably already and then if like something bad happens to your plane you already have it on and you just like pull the string or whatever and good, you're like ready to go good plan it's not a bad idea and it's nice to me that it seemed, like, from the articles I read, it seems like he really wanted to help pilots mm-hmm. specifically. Like, that he's, he's doing it kind of altruistically. I think he also was hoping to make money, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But, like, he's very concerned, it seems like, about people who are in this, like, <laughs> you know, very <laughs> yeah. dangerous yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Like, just flying at the time is extremely dangerous and at any moment you could just fall out of the sky. <laughs> right. You'll just disappear forever and no one knows where you go. Exactly. So while while people were experimenting, like I said, the the brother the Wright brothers um have their famous flight in 1903, but in the interim between when they figure out how to do that and before when people are testing uh flying machines, a lot of people die. Trying to get them to work. Yeah, um, famously, uh, the death of Germans' glider king in 1896. Ooh. Yeah, and but um, he died how he lived, yeah, gliding.
1: <laughs> yeah. To yeah,
0: the earth to fast yeah. sudden plummet. And Thomas Selfridge, who is the first person to die in a powered plane in 1908. So <laughs> it's a problem. Had to be someone. Yeah. Thanks, buddy, for Thanks. taking one for the team. <laughs> Uh, the first man to die in a plane, and so they're trying to—they're still trying to figure out how to properly escape from a plane when it's going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't mastered that art yet, since most people aren't <laughs> flying. Yeah, uh, most people don't have a plane, and most planes aren't. We don't have like a—you know—it's not like Boeing, where there's a company that's yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just random people, engineers building planes. Right. So they how don't many, always work awesome. How many people do you know? Who could do. Who could just build a plane. Like a working plane. With no plane. blueprints, just like an idea. An idea and a hope and a dream. Yeah. Especially because the Wright Brothers plane, it's like they had an engine, but it's like if you look at it, it's... it's gliding. It's, it's a glider. It is pretty much gliding. Yeah. But it does take off from the ground, like fly for a while and then land successfully. Mm-hmm. So like it is flying because yeah. it has to take off. They don't jump off anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's very, it looks like a glider, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and so once they get into, like, properly powered airplanes, mm-hmm. it's a little different. It's a little different. And much more dangerous, I think, if it crashes. Because once you have, like, a lot of metal involved, there's, like, shrapnel and yeah. stuff. And it's and it's going to plummet to the ground instead of, like, glide to the ground. Yeah. But anyway, so. <laughs> anyway. So uh, Reichelt is like, I got to figure out how to make this suit Mm -hmm. so that people will be safe yes and i'm like nice and uh i have a quote that says like all parachutes his idea relied on increasing the surface area of a falling person in an attempt to slow their descent yes so you need the air to like whip up and help you just slow down Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you're going too fast and you will die you will die And instead of being attached to an overhead canopy, which I guess is how the parachutes usually were, his parachute would be in the suit. Mm -hmm. So they had to, like, reach up and grab it and, like, what if something weird happened and that just, like, goes away and then they have no parachute. Yeah. And it's, like, a lot of time they also don't have time to put it on. Yeah. And so he's, like, if it's just ready to go. (laughs) You you pretty much need to be wearing it. Yes, while it's happening. Which is true today. 100%. I have a quote that says, not unlike the shaggy version of a daredevil wingsuits we have today. <laughs> yeah. Reichelt's suit had a number of extra panels and flaps that would deploy as a person was in free fall. hmm Or at least that was the idea. Flap flaps. So basically, like, he has it set up so that it folds up so that you look, like, decently normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, while you're wearing it, it's still obviously, like, a flight suit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll post pictures of his suit. But, um... It's supposed to, like, as you fall, there are, like, secret kind of, like, foldable compartments Mm -hmm. of, like, fabric. That when you are plummeting, um, catch the air like they're supposed to. Yeah, flying squirrel style. Yeah, which is how you can keep it so compact. What are those people called who do that nowadays? They just, like, glide, little gliding suits that get the, like, really insane footage from their GoPros, like, going down cliff faces and stuff. My brain wants to say spelunking, but that's kind of the opposite. No. Um, I think they're just base jumpers, oh, but okay. they have wingsuits on. Yeah, wingsuit base jumpers. Um, the theory is good. I googled wingsuit uh, jumpers, and then the second thing that came up says, why are so many base jumpers dying? And I'm like, <laughs> do you oh, no. really have to ask why? Oh, no. It's because they're base jumping. It's, they're jumping off of cliffs in suits. Well, and base jumpers usually don't have suits, I don't think. Oh, well, then what do they use? I don't think they do anything. They just jump. Oh. I'm, I'm still thinking of the suit people. <laughs> right. They're not talking about suit people. I think they're just talking about people who jump off cliffs. Oh. We, anyway. <laughs> who knows? We just don't know. We just don't know. So, um, he builds a suit, uh, and it's similar to the ones worn by aviators, but... There's a massive silk canopy, he's got rods in it, and some rubber that allows it to fold out. Kinky. Which, um, doesn't sound like the most convenient thing in the world. It sounds like, like, the more parts there are, the more parts that could fail. Uh, and, Suddenly, like, like, why don't you just put on a parachute? <laughs> like, yeah, like, how is it different? How is it better than a parachute? Um, I can show it to you. Get an image up. Yeah, I got to know what this thing looks like, because I think we all know, me and the listeners, that uh, this isn't going towards a very happy ending. (laughs) Yeah. So this one looks like closed. He just looks real puffy. It just looks like a backpack kind of situation. And this is what it looks like open. Oh, no. (laughs) So, yeah, it's got like a thing over here and... You know, like the arms to open he, up. He, it looks like a fancy, uh, like something a king would wear, you know? Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, like, like, it's, like oh, it's some weird kind of layered oh, kimono. Is that the fashion now? Cape thing. <laughs> no, it's for flying. Yeah. What? Uh, scusi? I don't, um, is it? <laughs> Question mark. How old do you live? How old do you live? <laughs> Um, How how you say, how old do you live? So it would spread out to be 320 to 340 square feet. Oh, wow. So it gets pretty big. Wow. And it weighs 20 pounds. Okay. In its its final form. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Like almost too good? Um, For the type? uh, Reichel had been on a plane before. Okay. Um, He went uh, flying for the first time in a plane called a Kitty Hawk. Oh, yeah. In 1903. Which is, like, pretty soon after the Wright brothers, so. I mean, it's named after the field pretty, where they did their thing. It's new. Yeah. Pretty primitive plane. Uh, but so he's been flying before, so he gets it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably part of why he's like, we got to protect these people. Because yeah. he was like, wow, that's dangerous. That was scary. Yeah, it's scary. Um, so he starts in the summer of 1910 okay. trying to do this. And he has some early successes with the wingsuit Um, when he says he put a weighted dummy in it and threw it Mm. out of his fifth floor window of Mm. his apartment. Okay, so... To the ground. Made, like, 50-ish feet. Yes. um, And a weighted dummy. How much did it weigh? Was Um, it, like, actually a human weight? One of the sites I read said um, he tested with a prototype from his fifth floor balcony on dummies proved successful, but those prototypes weighed... 150 pounds okay like the uh, like the suit oh and it says nothing like strapping another person on your back for a softer landing no oh no but eventually he gets it down to 20 pounds apparently okay so he he figures it out i guess Mm -hmm. um and but the dummies don't weigh as much as a person yeah definitely not and so um he tries again with like different ideas to, like, cut down the weight and dummies. And he does it a whole bunch of times, and it only succeeds at one time. Oh, that's not good. And it doesn't succeed anymore when that, he keeps trying. That's a very bad rate of success if you keep doing it and it keeps not working. <laughs> yeah. It's not the best. It's not out of the testing phase, my dude. Uh, according to a story in a French paper um, called Le Matin. Which, what's, that, what's that mean? Um The Morning. Oh, welcome to the morning morning paper. Uh, published in 1912, Okay, uh, Reichelt even presented his idea to the country's leading aviation organization of the day, which was called um, Aero Club uh, de France, hmm. Aero Club of France. <laughs> and uh, roughly translated from the article, they told him, "The surface of your device is too weak. You will break your neck." <laughs> Uh, I mean, a little help. It's just a prototype. You could have, like, helped out. <laughs> They're, they are. Their help is okay. saying, stop doing this. It's bad. We No. Which isn't a good attitude either. Like, the theory is good. Right, but not to them. I know. As far as they don't, the arrow club dream. is concerned, parachutes work. Mm-hmm. Let's just fix parachutes. <laughs> not create yeah. a whole new business. A biz A biz-nasty. Uh, So, in 1911, Mm -hmm. he decides to test the suit himself. No. Even though he has only had it work once with the dummy. Once. Uh, No. Um, And he jumps from a window over 26 feet off the ground and breaks his leg. Mm. So, it worked really well. It worked really well. (laughs) I feel like... (laughs) It sounds like it slowed his descent a lot. Like, even without a parachute, people... Go out of jumps that high without broken legs, too. If you know how to roll. If you got to roll, my dude. He doesn't know how to do it. He don't know now. Parkour hasn't been invented yet. (laughs) That's true. He doesn't know how. It will be in France. French people don't bounce yet. No, but they will. They will. They'll become ninjas. Soon they will learn. It's amazing. But he's convinced that the suit works. That's not true. You see, the problem (laughs) is the dream the distance was too short for the flaps to open Mm. 26 feet isn't high enough it's not high enough that was the problem all along It can't deploy properly and you can't use a dummy the problem with the dummy is it doesn't weigh enough add weight to it (laughs) and so the weight doesn't work even from a height the weight doesn't work because the flaps won't open because it's not heavy enough add add more weight Try again. I mean, <laughs> or is, or add explosives to it. That's what MythBusters do. I have a quote from Franz, which oh, no. says, uh, "I want to try the experiment myself and without trickery, as I intend to prove the worth of my invention." Oh, that's not how science works. <laughs> yeah, I want to say <laughs> you made a bad call. By this time, <laughs> we do have the scientific method. We do. And um, we do. He should know better. One, it says that scientists should not test their things themselves yeah. or on themselves. Yeah. You have to test on other people or things. Yeah. And two, if your experiments aren't working, then perhaps your hypothesis is wrong. You should go back and try it again and check your data. Yeah. And if it's consistently not working, it just sounds like maybe it. your it hypothesis is, is wrong. <laughs> You're not predicting anything new if it keeps failing. But Friends is a dreamer. He's a, he doesn't care about the numbers. He knows he can do it if people will just shut up. He has a dream. The frickin' Arrow Club is just rude. <laughs> and you know what? They are rude. Just because all my experiments failed except that one <laughs> that and I one. broke my leg doesn't mean I can't do it. But it's possible. You just have to believe so, speaking of the Aero Club of France. Yeah. They offer 10,000 francs okay to someone who can improve on a parachute. Mm. Okay. Um which, you know, and this is like a pretty common thing. People still do this like um the Bill Gates Foundation um recently like within the f- past like 5 years did one with like um colleges around the country i think around the world even um to make a better condom oh yeah um and also to make like better toilets yeah so this is 100 percent like a thing that still happens it's like hey do this and we'll give you money if you do it my favorite ones are the kind of vindictive ones that are like i'll give you like $10 $10 million if you can prove to me that the supernatural is real. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they still never give a away the money. But um, Bill Gates is nicer than that. Yeah. <laughs> he will give you money. He's not doing it just to troll people. No. He's a very sweet man. Um, but uh, when Franz hears this, mm-hmm. he's like, I can do that. Of because I have such a cool parachute suit. <laughs> It's such an improvement on parachutes. Oh, uh, that wasn't what they meant. Uh, it's not. They'll totally give me money, mm. even though they told me to stop specifically. <laughs> they told me personally to my face. Yeah. Me. They said, You will break your neck. Stop you, doing this. You will die. You should not. Yeah. But um, I'll show them. I'll, I'll be the. And the, the they'll ma- pay me 10,000 francs. <laughs> the Madame Curie of parachutes. Which, like, <laughs> I mean, just think about how much, like, a few thousand dollars was in, yeah. like, you know, um, like the 1800s or 1900s in America. Right. Like 10,000 no. francs is a butt-ton of money. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, that's got to be hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not like a million dollars. It's a lot of money. So he's like, I can do it. I need it and it's worth it. You're going to have a world war soon and you're going to need parachutes. You need them. Yeah, France knows it's coming. The Aero Club of France, <laughs> they caused it. They're, They're like so we need <laughs> we need we need better planes and parachutes. They're so aware. And nothing innovates technology faster than wartime. <laughs> the First World War. So in 1912, Franz arranges to have a publicized event. Oh, no. Don't get it, crowd. He says to the police Mm -hmm. that he wants to throw a dummy with his parachute on off of the Eiffel Tower. Okay. I mean. To show that it works. That seems fine. The Eiffel Tower is 187 feet tall from where he wants to throw it. It's like well over... Twice as tall as anything he's ever done before. Yeah, and it's the highest building or the highest structure in the city at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it makes sense. Like, they don't have, like, tall skyscrapers or anything. They need something. like, And he thinks the reason it's not working is he's not high up enough from his, like, five-story building. I mean, it's a good thing to, like, count out or test Mm -hmm. with a dummy. Yes. And, And you know, police is important because you don't want to, like, hit someone on the ground. Yeah, And he says um, that he's going to use a mannequin, and the Parisian Prefecture of Police... They They have have a prefecture? I love their name. I love their alliteration. Um, They give him a permit to test it with a dummy. Okay, cool. Um, He's going to die a felon. (laughs) (laughs) So, on Sunday, February 4th, 1912 reichelt gets the eiffel tower and it's like super cold because it's february yeah so it's winter and yeah uh high up he gets there and he's wearing the parachute suit Mm. to like show it off yeah look how fancy and uh one of my quotes says peacocking for 30 some (laughs) writers photographers and other press who have gathered for the demonstration of course including people with cameras yeah video cameras Oh no. Fancy. Fancy. That's a brand new div- invention. Just like your thing. Yeah, brand new. He knows what Parisians want. They want glamour and fo- photogra- photography that moments. Photography moments. Moving photography. Get me at my best angles. So he gets to the first stage of the tower, and then he makes it clear he's not throwing a dummy. He's going to jump. He'd like, I fooled you. I don't have a dummy. Ha! Tricks ya. <laughs> Everyone on the ground's like, where's the dummy, though? I can't afford a dummy. <laughs> I'm the dummy. <laughs> That's so true. Um, he's the dummy. And he's convinced that the weight of his body with the height is going to make the suit finally work. Where's your math? I'd love to see your calculations. Ugh, math. I know. <laughs> nobody he's likes Taylor. Nobody likes math. I'm a fashion icon. <laughs> Tyra Banks he is. to live you my said best this, you life. Said his outfit looked like he was a king. I did. It does look very fancy. He's a fashion boy. And so he gets up there, and then his friends and the other people there are like, "Whoa, don't do that! Uh, no, 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 no!" Like, maybe don't do it. There's probably like one guy in the crowd who's like, "Do it! You don't want to do that." <laughs> and then somebody even um, suggests that they should call the event off due to wind and cold. They're like, no, it's too cold. We can't even do it at all. Planes just not do it at all. Planes don't work in the cold. No, no, no. We all know this. Parachutes can't work when it's cold. That's impossible. Don't do it. Don't. Don't? But um, I don't think there's a better sentence to describe (laughs) Reichelt than the one I'm about to read. I'm so excited. Reichelt climbed on a stool, Mm. placed on a table to raise him over the guardrail, and prepared to jump. Oh, no. He just is ignoring every (laughs) sign that maybe this Uh, isn't the best idea. Like maybe it wasn't designed to be jumped off of. Yeah. Maybe someone is trying mm-hmm. to communicate to him that his plan isn't good and he shouldn't do it it's not the best plan I've <laughs> all ever heard. the while his friends and people on the ground are going please don't of course from that height all he hears is just cheering yeah and, and he's screaming. like yeah woo!" <laughs> they're so <laughs> excited i'm gonna do it Uh, As I said, it's 187 feet tall. That's a long time. From where he's standing. To think about what you've done. And according to a 1912 article in Popular Mechanics, Uh, Reichelt dropped like a stone. Yeah. (laughs) Did it even deploy? Did anything happen? So what basically happens is he, apparently he stands there for like 40 whole seconds Mm. before finally jumping. I mean, And then depending on the source you read, it takes him two to five seconds to hit the ground. Mm. So it's fast. Um, It's fast to us. For him, that took a while. Right. And um, like I said, there were video cameras, and there is video of it. So if you guys want to watch it. No, don't. You can Google it. If you want to watch his snuff film. I have seen it. It's pretty terrible. How close were they? They're not, like, super close, but it does have the moment of impact. Ugh, terrible. And, yeah, it's rough. Mm. It's not good. It's not I great. even looked at a picture of it today, and it's, Ugh. yeah. It's and I good. hate that my curiosity's, like... Do it, watch it. I'm yeah. like, ah, but I don't want to. No, yeah. I don't want to. I don't to. think it's like scarring, but it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> We're not gonna post it because I don't want to encourage people to no, watch it. Don't. But literally if you just Google his name, the first thing that will come up is the video. Is it as bad as those possibly forged, possibly not uh Soviet videos of like the dog? No. Okay. I don't think so. Well then, I might be up for it because that those are terrible. To those me. are the I, worst. I'm very scared of them. They're just monstrous. Yeah. No. 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 This is just. It's just sad, and yeah. it's just like, ah, oh, it's tough. Yeah. It's. It's just like a little heartbreaking. Yeah. It was dream. Right. Oh, he thought it was going to work, but that's not how anything works. No, and and as far as the uh, as I've seen, because I have watched it and the articles I've read have described it, it's like it does his parachute suit doesn't work at all. Oh no! And if anything, oh, no. it like wraps around him oh, and like no. makes him fall possibly faster. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so it's not good. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing, but it's very. It's I don't know. It's like a bad fairy tale. Right. And according to one article I read by the local.fr, which is a um, French newspaper that's in English, or at least they translate it into English so that I can read it. Is it a modern thing? Or yes, is it? it's okay. a modern one. I'm like, it sounds like a website. That's it really is. weird for 1902 no, 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 no. or whatever. It, it is. Um, but according to them, it, this is just the only place I saw it, so I'm not, like, positive that this is true, mm-hmm. but it is a French newspaper, so I am inclined to believe it more generally. <laughs> and it's one of the only, like, published sources I read about this, like, in an actual news publication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they said not only did his, par- you know, his, like, parachute suit not work, but that he was wearing a parachute. Oh, like an no. actual parachute. Just in case, but he couldn't deploy because he's um, wrapped up in all the stuff. Yeah, they said in order for him to deploy it, what he would have needed to do was to spread his arms and legs out kind of like in an X pattern. Yeah. And that it would deploy all by itself because that's how it's designed to be. Right. That's how. Because it's like connected right here. So once you extend the, yeah. the, uh, pull tab all the way then Mm -hmm. it it can deploy yeah but um yeah i don't know if his suit prevented him from doing it or if he just decided not to do it Mm. because he wanted to trust his invention yeah uh i think honestly like from from what i've seen and from what people were saying that probably he got so wrapped up in his like boxy suit there's a lot of layers to it there's a lot of fabric because it because that was the way it was going to cut the air yeah um, but because he got, like, wrapped up in it that he probably couldn't actually have extended properly to get his parachute to open. Yeah, that, that's a lot. It was, like, 300 square feet of, like, fabric. Yes. It that's, opens up to 340, 340 feet. That, that's a, feet. a lot to be wrapped up in. Yeah. And he fell like a rock. Um, <laughs> a quote that says, his story appears in books with titles like the Darwin Awards. <laughs> oh, no. The little book of oh, F-ups. <laughs> yeah, the little book. And the Mammoth Book of Losers. Oh, from big to small, he all got of in which all. I need to own immediately. <laughs> uh, um, little book of f ups. It's very cute. It's really good. Also, Mammoth Book of Losers. Yeah. I want to read that really bad. I love in my mind the little book is like a, a board book that you give to toddlers. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just li- little book for bedtime stories. Little book of f ups. <laughs> then he fell off to his death. The end. Squish. And they're like, oh. oh. You want to watch the video? <laughs> Come no, on, let's I get. I just want to go to bed. Let's pull up Google. No, no, no! It's on my phone. Yeah, we'll put it on repeat so you can fall asleep to it like I, a nightlight. Good night. Just <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. And that's uh, that's the point. As a parent, when you know you are going to become a talking point during an interview that they do when they become famous. Yeah, or in therapy. Yeah, <laughs> you're going you're to get talked about. Um, they measured the. Um, depth of the imprint he left in the ground when he hit. Oh, there was an imprint. Oh, no. Uh, It was 15 centimeters, I think. Wow. Which is quite deep. He hit hard. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He was quite heavy with all that stuff, and he fell very fast. I wonder if, uh, like, physics teachers use this as a, like, let's figure out how he could have lived. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that'd be kind of fun. I wonder, like, have mathematicians looked at this? Since or physicists i didn't see anything of anyone talking about it so i don't think so it seems like the kind of slightly morbid problem that engineers just love to there, do yeah there was a question i told you i think on quora that mm-hmm. was like why didn't it work i oh, mean i was telling kate <laughs> yeah it was like why didn't it work and i'm like uh because it didn't work ever it <laughs> never worked but it's like, what's the fatal flaw? And I'm like, uh, it didn't work. Where to begin? Yeah, who? I was also just like, who cares? Like, it didn't work and he died. Oh, he also, uh, remember I said it was winter? Mm-hmm. So he hit like frozen ground. Too. Ooh, and it still went down yeah, a bit. Yeah, it's rough. And they didn't declare him dead until they got to the hospital, but that's like pretty standard practice. Yeah. I then they have it, a doctor declare you dead. Yeah, you need a professional, even though yeah. he's kind of soup. Yeah, and he like they're they're pretty sure he died, you know, instantaneously. Yeah. Which is like, I mean that's good. Yeah. That's good. When his brain like went through his skull. His um he died pretty quick. Before jumping, his yeah. final words were, See you soon. Mmm. In hell. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> I guess you will. You'll see them the whole time as you fall down, yeah. unless it covers your face. It'll take about five seconds. You'll see them real quick. Yeah, two to five. Um, and I have a quote that says, however, <laughs> even though it might seem foolish in hindsight, if um, Reichelt's Shelt- invention had worked, his story would likely be heralded as a tale of bravery in the name of innovation. That's like the introductory paragraph of every Darwin Award book. <laughs> If but it had also, worked. <laughs> it's a good point, Yeah, because there are lots of things that inventors have done that are like, this is a crazy thing to do, mm-hmm. but when it works, you're like, oh, good job, yeah. and then only when it doesn't work are you like, oh, you moron, what why are idiot. you being so risky? It's because people generally test them to make sure they work first before they do it in public off the Eiffel Tower. It's true. Hmm. I don't appreciate the use of the word irony in this quote because I don't think it's accurate. However, I have a quote that says, The greatest irony, however, Mm. was that two days before Reichelt had jumped on the 2nd of February, Frederick R. Law, an American steeplejack... Successfully conducted a flight with a parachute jumping from the torch of the Statue of Liberty and landing on the ground alive. Oh no. Uh, I feel like it's only irony if we are like aware of it happening. Right. And it's like dramatic And they said, news traveled slowly in those days, of course, and this information didn't reach the tailor in time. Yeah. So basically they're saying it's ironic just because he's trying to do something someone has already done, I guess. But I don't Uh, think they had a parachute suit is the other thing. Yeah. Like, that just sounds like they had a parachute and it worked, but we already know parachutes work. Right, we're just trying to improve them. We didn't know parachute suits worked. Mm -hmm. And they do. Not that time, not but that one. Eventually, but they do. They will. The yes. idea is not bad. You just don't have the technology or intelligence to do it. Right. You didn't. You don't test them on yourself first. Yeah. Uh, Reporter said that there was a parachute there, nine kilograms in weight, and was. Up to 32 meters squared in fabric, and all he had to do was open his arms and legs how, to get it to go. How many square feet or whatever are most parachutes now? I don't know. Like, how how completely oversized was uh, Franz's? Cause 300 seems like a lot, but I also don't really know that much about parachutes. Expert skydivers use parachutes that range in size from 80 square feet to 200 square feet. So his is, like, pretty big. Um, yes, but the other one, the one he's using is 32 square meters, mm. which is 344 square feet. I feel like it's so also... Is comparable for the time. I feel like his is also just big in the weird, wrong places, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why it doesn't work. Yeah. Is because he's, <laughs> he's putting all the flaps and everything mm-hmm. into the body of it instead of all in one contiguous, like, sheet. Yeah. That will actually open up like it's supposed to. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But people will talk about why he did that, like, why he decided to do it himself. Uh, clearly, like, the 40 seconds where he's just standing up there not doing anything is him hesitating to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, and, I <laughs> hesitate and get spooked when I go up, like, a big water slide at the water park. Oh, yeah. I uh, I jumped off a 25 foot cliff when i was um water rafting white water rafting with my family and um yeah it's i hesitated up there for a second everything it sucks. everything in you's like that's a bad idea don't that's a bad idea yeah all your survival instincts are going off and apparently he does have them because he waits yeah um but he decided to do it anyway some people said he needed to do a publicity stunt to get sponsorship, and that's what he was worried about, mm. since they had already kind of rejected him. Sure. That he was like, the only way I can get their attention is if it's, like, a big spectacle. Do or die, as they thing. say. Yeah. Um, and that the even if it worked with the dummy, that, that he didn't think he was going to get the money. Mm. Like, he didn't think they were going to give it to him just I'm, because they didn't like him. <laughs> that's why you do with the dummy first, and then do yourself. Yeah, but it's more exciting if he does it first, Haley. It's more exciting to find out if it works there in person so afterwards mm-hmm. um authorities banned people from jumping off the eiffel tower <laughs> good good for them um, um but they still allowed dummies to be thrown off of it which that, i was like yeah as long as it's a dummy that's fine that was the original plan that's what was supposed to happen it was never his plan apparently oh my gosh the whole time he was planning on jumping he lied he lied to the police you. To popos, don't do that. Don't lie to popos. Um, and then I guess there were articles that came out where people were like, "Hey, why did you give him that permit?" And they were like, "He was supposed to throw a dummy. We gave him permit to do <gasps> a dummy. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. He did that. Yeah." And I guess you could say that like someone could have tried to stop him, but I don't. I don't know if anyone went up with him. It sounds like they didn't. How do I they don't remember anyone his, up there. Did he do his last words on the ground then? He, he yelled them. Oh, okay. He went, see you soon. you are like, really yeah. Long. Too Except soon. In French. Too soon. A tout à That means at a later hour, <laughs> which also means yeah. see you soon. Oh, I have a quote that's, you know, this is how a lot of people write about him and it makes me feel kind of bad for him. It says, but Reichelt inadvertently invented something else that day, taking videos of yourself doing something wildly idiotic and hurting yourself in the process. Yeah. And I'm like, it is kind of the first video of like, woohoo, and then hurt yourself. Ooh. Which is a whole genre now. Ooh, it's On whole, YouTube. Usually people don't die doing it. Usually. Usually. But remember time Pods? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I never actually watched a Tide Pod video. I would never watch one. It's very I don't I want to encourage it. I don't know it was like a video thing. I thought it was just like a at parties. People I don't would do know it. if it was a video thing, but I assume. Or like the uh the cinnamon challenge. Yes. Which probably won't kill you, but it can really F up your lungs. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's a bad thing to it's do. It's like not great. No. And that law about not jumping off the Eiffel Tower has not prevented people from jumping off the Eiffel Tower. Of course. Uh, a New Zealander named A.J. Hackett famously performed an illegal bungee jump from the oh. tower in 1987. Did he live? Yeah. Did the Kiwi live? He did. And in 2005, a Norwegian man uh, jumped f- during er, like, a publicity stunt for a clothing brand, and he died. It's the clothing, I think, is the problem. And that was in 2005, so quite recently. If you jump in the name of clothing, you will die. When I was in Paris, they were doing some sort of construction, Mm -hmm. either around or on the Eiffel Tower, like reinforcing it or something. Mm -hmm. And so you had to, like, pay to get to it, which I don't think is normal. Like, it's in a park. Yeah, people just, like, Uh, walk up to it all the time. So, yeah, you had to, like, pay to get closer to it, and I was like, that's dumb. So I didn't. It looks fine from a distance. Yeah, we took a picture far away, and you couldn't really tell. And then you can put your hand up like you're holding it, and it's (laughs) tiny. We couldn't, because of the dumb thing. Oh. Oh, well, because you couldn't see the bottom of it. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't matter. You could, like, put your face under it like you're eating it. But now, for more funny, because that one was sad. (laughs) I laughed a lot, though. (laughs) I'm glad. Um, This story is, like, in some ways, the exact opposite of that story. He flew up. Um, hold on. Oh. So uh, this is about Sarah Henley. Okay. So on May 8th of 1885, so this is before mm-hmm. uh, what happens to Franz, Sarah Ann Henley uh, is standing on the Clifton Suspension Bridge in eastern Bristol, England. Okay. Looking out, uh, you know, just at the view, the bridge is... Uh, 22 years, or she's 22 years old. Okay. The bridge is 246 feet up so from the ground. So it's kind of cradle groves. Never mind. That was a bad joke. I don't even know what the joke <laughs> I thought you're, was. I thought you were going to do it was 200 years old. I'm like, oh, so it's like cradle robbing. Oh. Yeah. No. Like their ages are way out of proportion. No, no, no. I, because it said 22 and then 246 is like right underneath it. I got my numbers mixed up. <laughs> So she's 22, the bridge is 246 feet high. Okay. From the ground. So it's taller than the Eiffel Tower, the bridge. Mm. Why is it so tall? I don't know. Hmm. It must um, have have a lawyer canyon underneath (laughs) it. Probably. (laughs) And so... uh, I feel like we should explain that joke. Otherwise, it's going to be us chuckling over oh, the word sure. lawyers. Um, there's, uh, we've driven past a canyon, I believe, in uh, Idaho. I, Idaho, probably. I want yeah. to say Idaho. It must be Idaho. Um, called Lawyer Canyon. Yeah. And you couldn't see the bottom. It was so deep. <laughs> it really was. Uh, and <laughs> we think... In our joking manner, that that's probably where the lawyers go when they want to get rid of them. You throw lawyers in there. That's why it's called lawyer camp. You have to find the deepest crevasse in the state so that they can't come out. (laughs) So they They can't can't crawl their way out (laughs) ever again, and they definitely won't live. So that's where you put the lawyers if it's very deep. So for Franz, it's like about 190 feet, right, Mm -hmm. which is like 19 stories. Yeah, because stories are usually about 10 feet. Mm -hmm. Um, for. Sarah it's almost 250 feet so it's like 25 stories. She's basically on a skyscraper. Yeah. Like I used to work in a skyscraper that I worked on like the 23rd floor. Mm-hmm. It's pretty terrifying up there. It's, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Like you <laughs> like look directly at the and we had like full window panes mm-hmm. all the way to the ground yeah. so you can like see it. You can step up and look at your mortality I don't in the want, face. It's bad. I yeah. don't like it. It's not and then so, we have people clean the window sometimes all uh, the way up there. I'm like with the thing. They still uh, do it the same way. Uh, Horrifying. And then there's just a person. I was like, ah! I was like, no! <laughs> what is happening? Are you Batman? You're not <laughs> supposed to be up here <laughs> on the outside. And then and Linda would be like, Come in here, they're cleaning. You wanna look? And I'm like, that's okay. I'm scared. I have work to do. I'm scared. <laughs> but anyway. So, she's standing there, and Sarah Henley is deciding that she's going to jump from the bridge. Okay. Like, she's su- going to commit suicide. Suicide, okay. Yeah. At least that's the plan. It <laughs> is the plan. <laughs> because earlier that day, mm-hmm. she received a letter from her fiancé. Okay. And they had been having problems. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's 22, which yeah. at the time is like... You're on the older side of getting married. You should probably be married. Yeah. Or like, you should be engaged. But she is. Mm -hmm. um, Except that her fiancé and her have been arguing. Mm -hmm. And it escalated to the point that he... So he works at the Great Western Railway. Sure. And she's so upset with him That she goes to his place of work and then yells at him, belittling him in front of his coworkers and his boss. Ooh, wow. That's a lot. So it's real embarrassing. It's real bad. Um, And so he sends her a letter Uh that says, we're not engaged anymore. Ooh, he, like, text dumps her. Yeah. What? (laughs) He says, we're not engaged anymore. Have fun finding a new prospect, basically. That's not okay. Which is like, what? Uh, one source i read that said that sarah's father found him and punched him in the face good uh, i don't know if that's true from <laughs> only one person but oh. i hope so i hope she wasn't like pregnant or something that could be very bad no i don't think so okay they were just engaged and so um she's pretty distraught when she hears that you know It's like being dumped is never, like, the best time, but especially when you're engaged. And presumably she did, like, care about him. They just, like, they were just, like, a fighting couple and they just fought a lot. Um, And she probably feels kind of spinstery now that she's not engaged anymore and is worried that she's, like, never going to be able to find anyone all right? which you know when you have been just broken up with with someone you're planning on marrying and you're 22 and it's the victorian age and it's <sighs> yeah everything of... feels like it's gonna crush you yeah and you're like maybe i just jump off this bridge which previous to me jumping off the bridge 17 people have jumped off this bridge and all of them have died so it's a pretty good bet it's a good success rate as far as mm-hmm. getting the job done yeah <laughs> yes it's quite high. It would be very hard. <laughs> it would uh, it would be very unlikely that you would live jumping off the bridge. Yeah, there's going to so. be some fool in Paris who doesn't even survive 190. Right, 250 is going to get you. 250, probably, especially cinch if it. you don't have a parachute on. Yeah, you're not attempting or a parachute suit <laughs> or both. I, I don't know. Some of those dresses, they kind of like poof. I can imagine them just like expanding like <laughs> an umbrella. You kind of drift down like Mary Poppins. Right. Um. And the weather on that day is like pretty chill and like it's kind of windy and she climbs up over the parapets um and as she jumps there's a big gust of wind that blows directly under her skirt oh, creating a parachute what? no way and she she glides down no way across the river <laughs> to the other side and lands in mud on the other side well dang it <laughs> She just wanted one thing to go her way, and she couldn't even kill herself. Um, And she has uh, crinoline skirts to thank for that. Yeah. Because, and we'll post pictures of a crinoline skirt so you can see what it looks like, um, which, according to um, Vintage News again, oh, I wanted to say the article from Vintage News I read for this one was by Brad Smithfield, Mm -hmm. and I also got a lot of this from Hushed Up History on Tumblr, where... Were there witnesses to this? Yes. Okay. So I was Um, like, it sounds like maybe it could be made up. I'm just amazed because that's something that happens on cartoons all the time. Yeah. Uh, Not only are there witnesses, one of them is a police officer. Whoa. He's a detective. But just like... And the other one is like, or one of the other main ones is someone who works on the bridge. mm, So, But the... it seems like the balance would be very hard to maintain with it, yeah. skirts. No, when I read it, I was like, that sounds fake. <laughs> and then it was like lots of people saw it happen. They all saw. And, like, and she, and she did it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, like, people saw her jump. Yeah. And then saw her be okay. And she didn't have any other device to help her down. <laughs> right. She's not wearing a parachute. She doesn't have, like, an umbrella or anything. Mm-hmm. She's just jumping in her dress. Which, by the by, umbrellas don't work either. Right. But, like, nothing else even close to help her. Right. Um, and, like, plenty of women jump off smaller things all the time, and their skirts don't expand. Right. And in uh, Vintage News, they talked about... How crinoline skirts that they have talked about them in another article they've done mm-hmm. and it was in the uh not so nice way. Yeah. Because apparently it's estimated that three thousand women died after their hoop skirts caught fire in tragic uh-huh. accidents in the nineteenth century. <laughs> because uh they don't have fire laws. No, and, like, their skirts are made out of very flammable material. That's the thing. Like, nowadays, because we use a lot of synthetic fibers, they Mm -hmm. don't catch on fire very easily. Right. And so... Depending on the kind of clothing, sometimes it's illegal for them to be, like, fire, not retardant. Yes. Um, so... Usually, like nowadays, we're pretty safe, and we don't even really have to think about it. Like, oh, I'm near a fire; I have to worry about catching on fire. Also, it's a lot easier to get out of most clothes in general. Yes, they're under like like fifteen layers, and but some yeah, of them these are skirts. Hold on, I can pull up an image of it. They're like um, made out of whalebone, and you're like there are lots of in. like they're weirdly structured, yeah. and like they're they're very like long, yes, um, but they are very like kind of parachute shaped, like uh, parachutes at the time are very like round, and that's pretty much the same ish shape, and they're reinforced so like it can't flip over your head, yeah, it's not gonna yeah, it's not gonna fly out from under you it's it's pretty heavy, and mm-hmm. they're they're being kept down, but so uh, so she jumps, glides across, lands on the other yeah, side incredible. in the mud, and uh basically what happened was like she jumped and at that moment there was that gust of air and it like specifically hit her skirt in such a way that it just like slowed her down which is crazy (laughs) that is crazy crazy um also i wanted to say like I can't tell you 100% for sure that this story is true Mm -hmm. because, once again, like, there are witnesses, but, like, also they could be lying. Sure. Sometimes people lie about stuff like this because it's fun. Maybe they're all in her pocket or... Or, like... They just, you know, they don't know what they saw or... Yeah, or something. Who knows? But um, the definition of history is, like, stuff people wrote down. Mm -hmm. So people wrote this down. Yeah. Multiple people. And so, as far as we know, it's true. And it's um, not like it happened a lot. No. And, well, and like they so said, there's there 17 cases of people dying from that bridge. Right. And she's the 18th person, and it just so happens that she doesn't die. Yeah. So, people are very surprised. Um, I'm just saying, like, it is possible, like, that it happened, like, that one time, and it's a fluke, and it's a weird, right. random happenstance. Of course. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not possible. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying... That's what we're relying on. Yeah. There's no video of it happening. Right. There's no like, there wasn't like a huge crowd like with Franz, and there weren't reporters and stuff. There were just like random people. I'm amazed there was anyone there. Yeah. There are people around. And it was like midnight too when she did this. Mm-hmm. So there are people so it's dark also, like maybe yeah. they couldn't really see her, but like by now but by then they have streetlights and stuff, so they probably could see her. It's like she she did leave the bridge going down and she is alive, so something happened. Right. Um the wind sends her over Oh, it says, away from the Avon River, and she landed on the thick, muddy banks, almost like Mary Poppins, <laughs> which was great when you said that. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Suck it. Um, so the people who see her run to her immediately to see if she's okay, um, and they are very surprised when they get there and that she's <laughs> alive and, like, coherent. Yeah. Like she didn't hit her head or anything. She's fine. And they're like, what? She's got, like, mud on her. It's weird. Yeah, that's her biggest problem. And she's like, huh? She's probably a little confused. She's very confused. Uh, I have a quote that says, The occurrence was witnessed by several people, including James Ball of 43 Egerton Road, Bishopton, James Lang Vesey of 14 Greenway Road, Redland, and Detective Sergeant Robertson of the Bristol Police Force, the latter of whom was near the Cumberland Basin at the time. Uh, read the official report of Thomas Stevens, the man in charge as chief controller of the Clifton Bridge. Hmm. So we have names and where people lived. Yeah, <laughs> so you're right. Took like pretty good details. This policeman. Yeah, he like took people's info down. Right, those witnesses. Also, from a different article, I had John Williams of Ashton Gate and George Drew, who had seen her fall, rushed to her aid, dragged her out into a railway station refreshment room. So, right nearby, they have a railway station, and they're like, come over here, we'll get you inside, we'll get you something to eat, and you can, like, rest until we can figure out what's going on. (laughs) What to do. Meanwhile, like, the policeman who has seen this happen, but he's, like, not as close, I don't think, um, he follows them and is able to find them there, and is like, okay, let me check you out real quick and see if you're okay. Uh, She... While she's there, they find doctors who were nearby who either witnessed the jump or, like, people told them what had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctors check her out, and they tell her that she should go to the Bristol infirmary immediately just in case something's wrong with her, even though her, like, <laughs> like currently... For uh, jumping off a 200-something-foot <laughs> bridge, you uh, you look pretty good. Yeah. Right now she seems okay, but yeah. they're worried that, like, something else... Like something in, internal. Right. or she's... So they're like, you should still go to the hospital just in case. Yeah. Which is pretty typical like i was in a car accident not too long ago and like i felt fine and i was fine Mm -hmm. um but like multiple times they were like do you need to go to the hospital i think you should go to the hospital because like i could have had internal injuries Right, and mm-hmm. like it was not a bad car accident. Like I was barely hurt, and mm-hmm. I don't think the other person was that hurt, mm-hmm. so it was fine. But um, it looked a lot worse than it was. Yeah. So I think <laughs> they were just like, "Are you okay? You right. should go to hospital. You're definitely something's wrong. Go to the hospital." Right, and it's hard to know immediately too because of all your because you're in shock and you have so much adrenaline that mm-hmm. like even if something hurts, it probably won't hurt until later. Yeah, like I my I had like a pretty big bruise on my leg that I still like kind of have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like almost all healed, but it was like bad and yeah. big and, um, it didn't hurt until like a day or two later and then mm-hmm. it hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. I'm fine. But, um, yeah. And that was just from a not very fast car accident, not 250 feet fall yeah. down from the yeah. bridge. Did she get married ever? <laughs> Hold on. I, I really want to know if this like improved her prospects. So, Detective Robinson, who is there, he calls a local cab driver, and he's like, "I need you to take her to the hospital." Mm -hmm. Um, But he refuses to do so. What? (laughs) Um, Nah. He he says he refused to drive her because she was going to get his cab dirty. I mean, that's because she's like. I'm assuming that she landed in mud like on her butt. Yeah. Right. Right. There's no way you land on your feet. After falling that far? (laughs) No. So that she lands, like, on her butt, so she's, like, pretty muddy. Yeah, it's like, uh, no. And he's like, no, she's dirty. And, uh... Um, And apparently he left the scene with the resounding, I don't care, let her die! Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) Whoa there, sailor. Whoa there. (laughs) Yeah. Put her on one of the horses, what's wrong with you? Like, there are other ways. Um... So instead of doing that, they get help from the Clifton police station, who gives them a stretcher, and then they carry her, all, like, for over an hour wow. before they reach the infirmary. Uh, and when she gets there, she is diagnosed with shock and that she has internal injuries. But despite that, everybody's like, she's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, she's pretty much fine right now. Yeah. Uh, she's okay. We really need to advance ambulances though that's pretty dire (laughs) hold on um so the cab driver later on he when the story spreads around and like what a dick i know you know and they probably know him like i'm sure people know him it's not a good look i'm gonna be honest yeah he writes a letter to the public and he claims that cab drivers are forbidden to take anybody in their cab dirty intoxicated or covered in blood Um, and that otherwise their vehicle would be declared unfit for months Mm. for someone to be in. And he said if he hadn't uh, like, kept her out of his cab that his family was going to starve. So, like, uh, yeah. that's why he did it. Let's... And he also asked for a fund to be set up to assist cabbies in those kind of circumstances so that, like, if they transferred someone who was dirty, that they could get their, they could take money out of there to get their cab cleaned mm-hmm. so that they didn't feel like they had to choose between their family <laughs> or like and an dying emergency. people. Yeah. Um, and pointed out that the corporation, um, or the, the the guy who was there that they should have had an ambulance come get her mm. and he's like why didn't they have an ambulance get her why are they yeah. expecting me to do it mm. i'm a, like this is my job to do cap- <laughs> right. and and like the detective offered to pay him but like if it's gonna put him out of commission for like a month mm-hmm. or a couple months right like, you're not gonna pay of course that. he's not gonna do <laughs> yeah. it so, yeah, while at first it seems outrageous, he's like, let her die. And I'm not sure that he said that. Yeah. But in, like, multiple articles I read, he did say that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even if he said that, he probably, like, you know, is like, well, it's her over my family. Like, what am I supposed to do? Right. And he's probably just mad that they're, like, insisting that he take her when he's like, I can't do it, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, so while she's in the hospital for a little bit, uh, she receives several proposals. <laughs> That's cute. Including one from a wealthy suitor who bribes a hospital official to ensure that she receives his offer of a life of luxury as his wife. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He, like, bribes a nurse to be like, make sure this one's on top. This one who jumped off a bridge, I want that one. Yeah, she's mm. great. She's definitely the one for me. <laughs> Tell her that she'll live a life of luxury as my wife. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming she's pretty cute. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've seen a picture of her. She's pretty cute. Hold on. There you go. Oh, yeah. She's cute. I get it. She's cute. Why not? Dust the mud off her. Perfectly fine. And especially at the time you're expected to be married. So probably all these guys are just like, hey, I'll marry you because they need a wife anyway. Yeah. I uh, need a wife. You're single. I'm single. Let's get married. Please. Please. And then you just take the highest bidder. And uh, she eventually marries uh, Mr. Edward Lane, who worked at the Bristol Wagon Works. Oh, cool. That's a pretty good job. Yeah. Um... There were also a lot of uh, showmen who were interested in her and were like, hey, do you want to tour around and tell your story? and (laughs) make like um, a whole. I'll pay you money for it. Like a butt ton of money. Um, Somebody offered her 400 pounds down for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone else offered her father 1,000 pounds. That's not bad. Um, They don't take either offer. Mm -hmm. She seems like at the beginning she's really embarrassed to talk about it, which is fair because it's her suicide attempt. (laughs) <laughs> right, but um, apparently, as time went on, she it was kind of just like it became a funny story, mm-hmm. and she would talk about it and tell the story to anyone who was interested. Sure. She also, uh, they said, kept a souvenir of um, two children, like pictures of two children that had oh. been thrown from the bridge by their parents, what? but they lived too. Oh, okay. And I think that was after her. I was going to say, like, what? That's super morbid, no, bro. No, no, what? No. But they lived. And so I think she felt like a kinship with them, sure. like they had both survived the bridge somehow, and so she kept their pictures. There's something going on with that bridge if children are living. <laughs> it's mysterious. Mm. <laughs> Spooky. I mean... Maybe they're, like, hitting trees on the way down or I don't something. I because, like, you know, when your body is young, it is so much better at repairing itself. So I'm like, the people who would live would be, like, kids or young adults. Kids are like, someone who's very, very drunk. Yeah, right. Or someone wearing a skirt. Yes, a crinoline (laughs) skirt that will float you to the ground. And maybe the kids were. I don't know if they were, you know, girls or boys or young, how young they were. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say. But anyway. um, Wow. She died on March 31st in 1948 when she was 85 years old. Oh, wow. And so she she had kids and... Lived uh, a nice full life. Yeah, and she, she like, became a widow when she was, like, in her 50s, I -hmm. think, but... And she was uh, alive to know that her suicide was, uh, you know, less deadly than that guy who jumped off the Eiffel Tower. She sure was. She's like, oh, wow. She's like, (laughs) really? You should have worn my skirts. Yeah. It would have helped. The issue is you didn't... You weren't wearing the right skirt. Right. Which is... That's a little ironic, Because he owned, like, a woman's clothing shop. (laughs) It's so true. I didn't even think about that. If only you were wearing one of your beautiful dresses Mm. you had made. You just weren't wearing the right skirt, Franz. Maybe you needed an English (laughs) crinoline skirt, Franz. (laughs) Not that Parisian 30-pound parachute nonsense. Yeah. But anyway, that's my... brief history of parachuting for you <laughs> one intentional huh. one non-intentional and both outcomes unintentional <laughs> uh, but they felt like they belonged together they in one episode they do they do yeah. belong <sighs> would you ever skydive no no really it just seems stupid i mean it is most things to do with planes are stupid (laughs) it just seems very mocking of (laughs) the laws of nature you know yeah it feels like if you die skydiving like you're asking for it i mean yeah and i know it's unlikely but i also just don't like the feeling of free fall Mm. like whenever like because even on roller coasters i don't Mm. like it it's true so no nothing about it appeals to me yeah Besides that it's like, people do this to say they did it. And I'm like, okay. Right. Or it's just their their brains don't produce the right chemicals. So they yeah. have to do weird things to get the boost. I like being on the ground. <laughs> the ground is nice. I don't even really like stairs or ladders. <laughs> I don't really like stairs. I really, (laughs) really don't want to skydive. Yeah. I can't tell you when I was in New England, all their effing stairs are so steep and so cramped. Narrow, narrow. yeah. And the whole time I just felt like I was going to fall backwards and die Mm -hmm. at any moment. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, that's why I don't like stairs is because I'm clumsy. I have fallen down stairs before. Yeah. Not in a way that, like, actually hurt me very badly. Right. But I've fallen down a considerable amount of stairs, and, like, on my butt, so it's, like, it, I yeah. was okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm very afraid of falling backwards downstairs because people do die that way. Yeah. Consistently. I don't know, man. I stairs fell, are scary. I slipped on, like, a set of, like, four or five stairs at mm-hmm. uh, Pullman, and it was, like, yeah. you Mine know, was at Pullman, too. It was just slippery, and I fell and, like, just fell on my butt, but it was so hard that, like, my mm-hmm. tailbone hurt for months. Yeah i like, well, I definitely kind of broke something. Right. But it was terrible because, like, the wind just goes out of you. So uh-huh. I had to, like, limp a couple extra feet to my English class and just, like, sit down and pretend Aww. I wasn't dying. I'm so sad. Where were you? I forget which hall it was. Okay. It was, like, down that hill, kind of, um, you know, where, like, we were housed and the little bus station there. Yeah. Like, down the hill. Okay. Um. I think kind of near where Becky was housed that one year. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like further down, okay. like kind of where like the engineering buildings, I think, were. Sure. Mine was in Thompson. Yeah. I was like done with my um, language class, my mm-hmm. French class for the day. And then I like, I don't know, like I think it was like winter time, so I yeah. had like just junk on my shoes. And I like slipped and I like hit my butt on like five or six stairs in front of people. And they're like, Are you okay? I'm and I'm su- like, I'm fine. I'm looking up a map of don't the campus. Look at me. This doesn't have to be in the episode, but I'm super interested in if Thompson was where I uh, died. I don't think so. Thompson was right across the street from our um dorm. Okay. It was like Thompson, like it took me two minutes to walk there. Um, Thompson was right across the street from Stevens. Oh man. Because Thompson imagine. is, well, you know, when they <laughs> give the spiel about our. Um, our building and they would be like this is the oldest building west of the mississippi used for its intended purpose and you're like that's a weirdly (laughs) specific description and thing to be proud of it's so specific but when they say that the other oldest building they're talking about is thompson yeah because it used to be the administration building and now it's the language building but Stevens oh, right. is still a dorm, yeah, and it was always a dorm. Oh, um, use two fingers and always a women's dorm. Um, how nice! I got to reacquaint myself with how the university's laid out. Oh, sure. Uh, you don't think everyone's going to want to hear the very specific details <laughs> about WSU, right? Exactly. I'm like, I, why not? I don't, where the hell is it's it? It's where the podcast was born. Listeners. It's where we were born. <laughs> Now, Our oh, friendship was go. born. Uh, Sloan. Sloan was where it was. Oh, Sloan. So it was, like, you know, down there, right right down across from the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where people would go sledding. But it was on the other side. I know where Sloan is. Sloan. It <laughs> sounds so evil. It does. It is. <laughs> And only evil people go to Sloan. (laughs) Engineers. Probably. I'm just kidding. I love engineers. Engineers are so sweet. I'm very attracted to mild mannered people, Mm -hmm. like emotionally. So I love engineers who are almost kind of out of touch with their emotions because they're so logical. Mm -hmm. That's where it's at for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm too emotional
1: <laughs> to have yeah, an I emotional
0: partner, mm-hmm. so I need them to be. It'll I, be fine. I yeah, I need them when I'm stressed out and really emotional for them to be like, dude, it's okay. Like things yeah. are gonna be okay. You just gotta relax, and you then just I'll just be like, cool. Step back from that ledge, my friend. Mhm. Yeah, I had a friend who did a cover of that for a talent show, but it was about Garfield. Oh. Like, step back from that fridge, my friend. That's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> oh, no. This has been hysterical history. Step back from that ledge, my friend. Don't jump off the bridge. Don't jump off the monument. Don't. Don't, don't jump off anything. Uh, don't base jump. National Geographic <laughs> told us it will kill you. And they were confused about it for some Don't reason. jump off stuff. Uh, Yeah. Make the dummy do it, do your math. Watch Mythbusters. Yeah. Instead. Watch Mythbusters instead of trying to do Mythbusters. Mm -hmm. You notice how they never jump off anything. And they say we're trained professionals. Don't do this. Yep. And they still don't actually jump off stuff. That's right, because they're scientists and they're smart. They would rather blow stuff up with like High grade explosives and yeah. jump off stuff. 100%. Don't jump off but stuff. But also safely from a distance. <laughs> right. Don't blow up anything. Don't blow up stuff. Unless you're supposed to for your job. Unless you are one of that team. Yeah. And you have all the permits. That's the right. Place. Anyway, I'm Haley. <laughs> I'm Alexis, hysterical history. <laughs> Our email is hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. So if you email us and you have suggestions, you can have a whole episode dedicated to you. Just like this one is for Danny, who gave us that suggestion. Danny. Thank you, Danny. Oh, A.K.A. Danner Banner. Oh, Danny. You got those really good suggestions. That's right. We got You got me this French... Austrian boy who's mm-hmm. just a doofy do <laughs> and i would have never known about sarah henley except for i was looking for more people who were parachuting like dorks uh and they're strange women's fashion tragedies magical magical just like disneyland yeah just like disneyland. just like disney <laughs> melt in tar today <laughs> don't jump off a bridge disneyland. today <laughs> die in a tar pit disneyland <laughs> So send us your suggestions (laughs) and get ready, if you sent us a suggestion already, to hear yours as a full whole episode. Yeah. Magical. Magical. Or at least most of one like this one. Yeah. That's great. we can make it its own, it will be. And if not, some supplementary (laughs) materials will be involved. Uh, Come hell or high water, we're going to do it. By gosh, we're going to do it for you. For you. And for history. Anyway, this anyway. episode is history. <laughs> Brought to you by our listeners like you. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.